welcome back. This is our narrative for Groundhog Day, February 2nd, 2024, and I'm Stephen Douglas Whitener, the host of Thought Crime Live, which will be on tomorrow morning, uh, 8 uh, to 10 Central on RBN. I'm filling in for Mr. Richard Carey, committing a little thought crime on Beyond the Official Narrative, and um, Casey Whalen had to drop off, and I have Dave Kopas and Mike in Kentucky here on the panel, and we already have some callers. If you guys would like to join the conversation, uh, 512-248-8252. And uh, first up, I have Tom in Utah. Tom, thanks for the call, sir. Hi, Stephen. I just heard the... Anyway, I, I get people... Talking to me about their concern about the young men being the dominant uh, part of the quote the flood coming across the border. Military military aged young men without women. A couple of things that creates they're going to have their sexual desires they're going to want to satisfy, but also what in the world are they going to be doing here? Young and strong. Are we ready for a kinetic event? I would have to say no. You're right. This country is, yeah, but, uh, yes, sir. That is a concern. I mean, I've seen more of those. I mean, there were some women and kids, too. I've seen a lot of people have made videos coming up that trail. They start going through the Darien Gap and starting in Ecuador and, it's being financed, just like they said, with the UN money, our money. They're using our money to pay these people to come here. I mean, it's it, it's a new form of warfare. It's not only Cloward and Piven, but it's the Kalergi plan too, right here in the U.S. Tom, and and I think you're right that this 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 country is just ripe for the picking. You know, we're just we're we're being harvested, and we some of us, I think, finally are waking up to it. You know, trying to, to do something to fight back, but everything seems so scripted to me somehow, especially with Trump and the way he came in and just, I'm so sick of, we can't do things the same way we have anymore. Well, not- I think I know where Tom's going with this, and when you look at uh, the general population, they're not they're not in any way physically in shape to deal with uh, some kind of extended period of unrest. I mean... Majority of folks don't even know how to garden or to feed themselves, so I don't think they're trained to even hike ten miles. You know, so uh, Boy Scouts on the way out, that sort of thing. I've hiked a few times in the last few years, ten miles with the Boy Scouts, and a lot of the younger Boy Scouts are very, very pudgy. They can't; they're not going to be. When I was coming up through school, we had I ran track, we had gym. Three times a week, we had a half-hour recess. I mean, we, we had a lot of activity. I played basketball, football. You know, I had a wide base in my pyramid uh, before I even started cycling, you know, and could go out and ride, you know, two or three hours. But uh, now Tom, I think, is uh, at least one aspect of what he's saying is uh, they've lowered the requirements for the military. I mean, do you even have to run two miles in, a, in 11 minutes now with a 50-pound pack like you used to or whatever the requirements were? You can you go know? to boot camp age 41 now, I saw. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I you got 40, 41-year-olds out there want to go to boot camp? I don't know. They're safe enough. Uh, well, 
Now, that seems like the first step before they reinstate some kind of draft. That's always the one that uh, will um, be held over people's heads, especially with these things taking place with the, the military attacks. And then they'll say, well, uh, we better let these illegal aliens serve in our military. There's a war on, don't you know? That's the kind, of, and so they'll use the draft sphere of people that to, to allow that. I think that that might be their plan. Yeah, or is their loyalty too? They don't. Anything else, Tom? I mean, I agree with you. I sure am grateful for your help, sir. I feel a lot. I'm a lot better able to face this than I would have been three years ago when I first got to RBN. I'll put. put I'll say that. Well, thanks. See, to, uh, listening just, to RBN, listening to RBN, you 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 made to believe that. A couple of pounds of cold, hard steel is going to take care of the problem. But that cold, hard steel cannot aim. It cannot choose its target. It has to rely on another couple of pounds, gray matter. And that gray matter is totally dependent on the navel or the mouth to make sure it can function. And I'm looking around. You know, I am 83, so I've got an excuse, but... My other patriots, even younger, couldn't pass PT. And so these young men coming out of the South are going to just walk over the top of them, maybe not even fire a shot. I was in a gathering up in uh, in Ogden, Utah. We had a, a group of patriots together, including uh, Bo Greitz, Richard Mack, Cleon Skousen, you name them. Eustace Smolens was there with me. And I looked around that room and I said to these other gentlemen sitting next to me, look at this group of people. We are wheelchair warriors. We are gurney garrison. We are medically dependent. And if they close the door to CVS or Walgreen or, or the drugstore, within a week, these men would not be able to function at all. They'd be grabbing their chest instead of their side iron. And the, or the army would not have to fire a shot. They just push the dirt into the trench you dug, and that's it, the end of you. So was my preoccupation. Who was What's that, that? Lennon? Or one of those guys said America would fall without firing a shot. Well, we would drop like a ripe fruit into their hand. And that looks like just about kind of like what's happening. Very much so. We're ripe for the picking. And oh, that was quite a group you described there. Leon Skousen, that, he, he, the naked Leon communist. I, I, that, yeah. Yes, that was. And Eustace Mullins was one. He, he wrote that stuff that the, um, the creature from Jekyll Island. Well, Eustace Mullins wrote all that first, you know. It's like and the other guy got, got all the credit for it afterwards, it seemed like to me. But I remember. Uh, Reading some of Eustace Mullins back in the day, my dad told me about him when we were listening to Bill Cooper on the shortwave. Well, Tom, anything else, sir, before I take the next caller? Ted Gunderson was there along with G. Edward Griffin. I mean, you name them. They were there, and it was really an honor to be amongst these great men. But I keep on pushing on them, and they they don't want to hear. They, They say, well, we're worried about the Constitution. I said, well, you can't do anything about the Constitution until you take care of your own. So I... I'm being accused of being kind of preoccupied with this issue. No, I'm not preoccupied. I'm life-occupied. We we don't have the physically fit people we should have, like what I was when I was in the military. 
we need to get back to where we can be physically function. And again, you got to have a, a body supporting your brain. And your brain. Well, how's that going? The ultimate. Go ahead, Mike. I did. You cut out there. What was that, Mike? Yeah, well, listen, I have to agree. You know, the biggest battle I faced was with myself. You know, it just, I, when I realized people actually listened to what I said, it's like I, I was amazed. And I started learning from the people on here. And it's like this family. I was going through a hard time when I first came to RBN and then kind of got scared about my health was really bad and i was starting to get better but once i had that conversation with you tom and switched my diet man i feel like a completely different person i just i do believe that that uh, all this big pharma stuff is toxic and 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 that it's more about the biome inside of you as to how your brain is going to function and everything it just is there's in fact i hope tomorrow that to have the a biologist jonathan cooey on thought crime live brilliant guy to talk about that this uh psyop with the COVID thing and what's planned for us and all and he's fighting back against this thing best way he can too i mean and he was somebody that woke up but yeah it just people i just don't know how to say i know that people went and and uh to hospitals that they just pretty much murdered them the th- big i think the big psyop that went on was that there was this pathogen that went all the way around the world and it didn't I mean, it didn't go from country to country. There's none of that. All the data shows that it was a psyop, and it woke a lot of people up to how corrupt and bad for you big pharma and Western medicine is, too. I was already aware of that, but, you know, I wasn't practicing what I preached, just like you were saying. I was dependent on going up there to get antibiotics and steroids to breathe after that uh, accident. I was always with a sinus infection or something. Well, once I stopped that and took control took ownership of my own health back then then i got better they want you to surrender ownership of everything not only private property but your soul it seems like to me to go back to how dave was putting it yeah uh, that's and just the way it feels and your body yes you, sir. you turn your body over to them you're hey, not solving uh, anymore modern you know and everybody's scared of these high-tech weapons and stuff, but what what is included, though, in that, uh, somebody wrote that book, Silent Weapons for Quiet Wars, and yes. uh, we're not really paying attention to some of this uh, low-tech stuff that they're doing to us, I think. So, See, if they can take you out biologically, they, they don't have to rebuild the infrastructure when they occupy the land. Nobody's going to yeah. want to blow everything up or poisoning everything as they, uh, how to say, take, take possession of your property. All they want to do is get rid of you. Yeah, you're the carbon. They don't want to get rid of the internet. Yes, you are the carbon. That's... <laughs> you're the carbon yeah. they want to get rid of. Net zero. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, so thanks very much. People, people get a little yeah. irritated at me, but I'm... I say you can't you can't be a wall in this battle. You can't be a wall with a respiratory infection or heart disease. You got to be on the ready for this for this fight. Okay, th- anyway. thanks again. 
Any, all right. I always appreciate your input, and I'm very grateful <clears throat> to you for what you, you told me because it changed my life for the better. Uh, and uh, next up, I have Art uh, in Georgia, I think. Thanks for calling, Art. Hey, good evening, gentlemen. Um, I want to run something by y'all and see if maybe maybe I'm not crazy, maybe I'm not reading too much into this, but, you know, this whole... A uh, thing recently, uh, what, about a week ago, I guess it was, um, uh, uh, this uh, Biden administration's move to pause natural gas exports uh, until some federal review is done. You know, it just seems to me that it, it's awful interesting, the timing of this coinciding with what's happening in Texas. uh you know, this is going to have an, a serious economic impact on, on the coast of Texas because there's a lot of liquid natural gas exports that go out of there. Um, and so this, in essence, if I'm seeing this correctly, uh, this is, this is sa- basically putting sanctions on the state of Texas. And, well, we know that sanctions are defined as an act of war. So if I'm reading this right, the federal government has already declared war on Texas, which that's all the reason they need to break away from the Union. Am I reading too much into this? I don't think so. I mean, that makes perfect sense to me. It's uh, it's almost like they're, like you said, putting sanctions on them the same way they did tr- Russia putting sanctions on Texas by declaring this national policy that is going to harm them. It's kind of a sideways way of doing it, but I, I understand what you're saying. I agree. Uh, Dave, what, what do you think about that? Well, I think this goes right in uh, lockstep with our green agenda and, you know, to, to create the transition they're looking for, they, all they can do is create artificial scarcity by interrupting the flow of energy wherever they can. I mean, we gave $8 billion to South Africa specifically to stop producing coal for us. Okay, these are also acts of war and treason if you look at it that way. And this is no different. And this is not just uh, being punitive to Texas. This is being punitive to us because, I mean, supply and demand is what it is. This is macroeconomics. Is that when you have less of something... The price goes up because demand is goes up. So the demand here is going to be the same and the supply of energy is going to go down. So, yeah, it's impacting Texas is one of their exports, uh, but it's impacting all of us, too, because now gas has just gotten that much more scarce and the price and is going to increase. Now it becomes a matter of inflation, which oh. inflation is too many dollars chasing too few products, you know, and if you have a scarcity of something, well, that's, that adds to inflation, and that's, you know, so what impacts Texas is going to impact the rest of the country. Well, actually, you know, uh, just to segue into this a little bit, technically, energy and food are not calculated as the government's numbers in inflation. They don't, <laughs> they don't factor in energy and food. So these things uh-huh. happen to us. And the average person tries to pay the bills and keep their kids clothed and fed, and they see prices going up by 
unbelievable amounts, but they keep saying inflation is good. Well, this is why, because energy and food's not included in that number. Yeah, they changed that, the way they collected that number. It's, it's voodoo economics, so they can fool you. I, I remember it was different in the 70s, I think. They actually Kentucky's did count them. Crossroads for a lot of pipelines, and there's there's been natural gas pipelines going across Kentucky for I don't know how many decades. And some of uh, there's been times in the past where I found out that the, they were backhauling natural gas out of western New York to go to Texas. You think about that. I mean, what's the deal? But now there's oil and natural gas. Anywhere there's oil, there's natural gas. So uh, we've got it here in Kentucky and I think California. Of course, it's just all over the place. So, yeah, anywhere there's a liquid liquefaction process going on being exported to Russia or, or I mean, Europe, uh, that's going to be affected by that uh, as far as their state revenues because they get part of the part of the uh, kickbacks or royalties for tax revenue purposes at the state level. And I keep so expecting that they're going to have some false flag event associated with this. I've been expecting one to come, but th- I think something is going to come up with this attack that they've lost in the Middle East too. That with that happening, they it's like they just launched this whole new unwinnable war or something. I haven't been following it all that closely, but they're bombing and. They're releasing statements that they've already – retaliation for those three soldiers killed supposedly in uh, Jordan. But it why are we there, you know? We weren't invited in there. We were over here. It just – that and this happening, just like you said, everything happening here, Dave, is a result of our foreign policy and our global agenda and this all the problems we have. It, it we we bought into it thinking it's going to be a good thing, you know, just on time delivery, y'all. That's that save us money. And then what happened when they shut it down? You know, I don't know. We yeah, we, need- we got used to a, a whole new set of language here too. Is that our military no longer is just used for protecting America? You know, its border and in the nation itself. But we're now out there, and you hear this all the time: protecting American. Interest. Well, we got stakeholders that define those interests and just what they're interested in. You know, we don't declare wars anymore. We're supposed to declare wars, but we're not. We're using our military for political interest. We've gotten very hegemonic and heavy handed. Even the FBI goes overseas. Yeah, it's all a show. It's just a show for these people to justify their uh, pillaging of the planet. This very few group, you know, and we know who they are. You know, it's like it's obvious. And then um, they're kind of putting it in our face. And I think that there's going to be a big change like there was back in 2008, too, economically. I was looking at that, that they've increased the debt $4.5 trillion in less than uh, like two, two – well – it was four and a half times more debt created than there was uh, gross uh, domestic product. It was just insane. It's something that is no way sustainable that there will be some kind of pop to that balloon. Uh, I don't know how or when it will happen. It's, yeah. During COVID, though, uh, if you look at the, the debt and the gross domestic product, uh, if you find those spread charts, which Federal Reserve Education Department or whatever that spread stands for, they keep that national debt 
on a percentage with the gross domestic product. And during COVID, the world ran to U.S. Treasuries. So that motivated them to, you know, the market was there for people to buy it. So they just printed all they wanted to. <laughs> and that helped increase the debt. But, you, you know, they're laundering them off market and stuff. They, uh, What is it? Uh, BlackRock has half of what the all the debt that's out there, I think, just about it, besides the Federal Reserve. So they, the term is bifurcated. They bifurcated the national debt. In other words, uh, China's little $800 billion that they've got, is, they could dump it all and it wouldn't affect the market because it's over $33 trillion. What is it now? I've, I've lost track. $34 trillion? It, it'll be $100 trillion before we know it. I mean, the way it, it keeps going <laughs> up faster faster and faster once you start uh, borrowing at the interest on what you owe and it's like <laughs> and i used to say this is hyperbole but i would tell people they complain they don't want their tax dollars going to this or that and i say your tax dollars just go in somebody's pocket to pay interest on the debt anything that is bought in this country is paid for on bar- newly borrowed money they just increase our slave uh uh you know, debt. That's that's all that, that's been happening ever since the Federal Reserve was formed, and, and that's 2%. the way I. Yeah, I they always claim two percent. Two percent inflation is the goal, but over a hundred and ten years, two percent inflation means probably we should have a penny that says five dollars on it instead of a penny. <laughs> should be a five dollar coin. Uh, okay, hey, Art. Anything else, uh, sir? Before I take the next caller. No, y'all doing great, man. I enjoy the show. Thank you much. Well, thanks very much for listening. Uh, I'll talk to you again soon. Don't forget Thought Crime Live in the morning. And next up, we have Ken and Tim. <laughs> Good evening. Well, you know, um, I keep wondering if they're going to declare war on Big Pharma because haven't we lost in total about a third of the armed forces uh, directly or indirectly, or indirectly due to the quotes facts? You make an excellent make an point. Excellent I don't want to echo, but, uh, but uh, yeah. Yes. That's, that's, they are uh, taking out our military too but you know all these agendas coming together the pharmaceutical one and his depopulation agenda it's just I'm sick of these people y'all man I, they, they play with my world like it's their little toy and I don't like it well, let's not forget that the Bidenista regime just uh, spent down our oil reserves if we ever really did get into a serious skirmish uh, war in the world we're in trouble. I mean, because he sold that off. That's what kept prices artificially low. All these bubbles are horrible things. In here, he looted the strategic oil reserve. So if we ever need it, it's not there. Because he just bought some boats with it not too long ago. Um, but yeah, our military is not in the shape that it should be. There's woke people in there that do not understand military strategy and, and geopolitics at all. Um, they're so desperate for people right now. They're taking woke people and, and illegal aliens populating our military and uh, law enforcement. Uh, we're in some trouble, folks. We might be on our own. And they're digging into the piles of uh, ammunition to send that we would. This is not ammunition that we made for NATO. Again, to our stockpiles now. And they've even sent some weapons that are not even available. Uh, to the U.S., to Israel. 
You know, I, I was hearing that these new missiles that uh, that that uh, we don't even have access to yet. You know, it's it's disgusting. You know what goes on with this, and, and I I just am tired of it. You know, it, it it's almost like it's slowly being deconstructed one piece at a time. Kind of seems that way, huh? Very much so. At these plans that they had to cut the U.S. up into different pieces, it looks like it's all right on time that somewhere around the next couple of years that, that we're going to break apart. They're setting up a scenario. I don't know what will be the Fort Sumter. People, everybody assumes somebody's going to back down, too. I heard someone say that, well, you know, Biden administration will back down because that would ensure that he, you know, no way he'd get elected again. And then, well, of course, they say that Abbott will back down, too, because he's uh, really part of this whole thing, too. And it is all scripted. But I don't know. It's like what what could happen if enough people rise up, if enough people wake up and, and then they they just uh, they, they do declare a divorce say to so to speak you know i don't know how it would happen you know because texas has got the infrastructure to be a nation but this this federal monstrosity just it, it just does not want to let anything go it's obviously that this thing is an occupational government on this country that they are there not to the states should wake up if there's anything left of a state and the states don't even think of themselves anymore they're they're world citizens or they're you know preserve the union no this this thing is going to fall apart. I do believe that it's on its last legs. People are it's like the Soviet Union was very much so at the very end there eighty nine. People were fleeing the Warsaw Pact for other places to get out of it. People are fleeing the blue states right now. You know I don't know what the Berlin Wall falling event will be, but something is going to change here drastically. That's that's just the way hey, it feels to me. You guys, can think? I commit another crime? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um. I I am kind of wondering if instead of another false flag event, they'll just have another big human interest story. Because uh, if you have a particular uh, cult of personality figure, if you know who I'm talking about, and he has some other issue going on, then people just keep hanging on saying, well, as soon as he gets elected, you know, then something will happen. And so it, you just get, you keep getting uh, dragged along without responding or doing anything in the hopes of this thing happening. It may or may not happen, but I think that's been the key pivotal point why nothing has happened because everybody's, waiting for something to happen, thus not doing anything. You know, they don't want to be January 6th. Uh, You make an extremely good point, and it describes the American people uh, to a T, actually. And and I was just talking about this the other night. In my view of uh, this person you're talking about, this savior that may come in, um, there's no one going to come in on a, a white horse and save our asses here. And if should Trump get elected, I advocate that he go in like a communist wrecking ball and, and use the executive pen to undo what he can. But in the process of him, because he's going to drive the political left nuts and, and even the, the GOP because they're sellouts. Everyone's going to be nuts politically. And there, there's going to be so much political entropy and instability throughout 
this system, this deep state system is going to be shaken. And at that time, there is going to be countless opportunities for us to make advances. This is where we have got a every good revolution that ever uh, secured freedom for people was initiated by the people and they played a front role seat in this. We got to stop thinking that any political figure, especially Donald Trump, is going to be the savior because that that's going to put you on a path to to losing. We got to yeah, wait for opportunity to present itself as he brings instability in this deep state system. We've got to take back control of our cities, our towns, uh, and right on up. We've got to be ready to do that, in my opinion. Yeah. Instead of good cop, bad cop, you've got good POTUS versus bad POTUS. <laughs> yes. Yeah, but I don't hey, think that. Break, uh, music coming up. Uh, can you hang on to the break there? Uh, can't. You're listening to Republic Broadcasting Network. Real news, real talk, real people. Because you can handle the truth. Do you truly want to stay out of the system? Are you prepared to buy into the biggest scam since the Iraqi dinar? If not, then put your money where it belongs, in your possession, not in the hands of an international MLM cartel. At Kettle Moraine Limited, we will provide you with the finest Swiss-minted detachable gram sheets of pure 24-karat gold for hundreds of dollars less than the so-called privately-issued credit cards with elusive gold backing. Gold backing... The only gold that I want is in my back pocket, not backed by promises of an operation even the U.S. Chamber of Commerce is suspect of, giving a rating of C-. To get the full story, visit SierraMadrePreciousMetals.com and go to the Valcombi Bullion Vault. Once you have read the whole story about the scam being perpetrated on an unsuspecting public and how you can avoid being a victim by purchasing these beautiful, barterable, tradable sheets of gold at tremendous savings and in the strictest of privacy, be prepared to take the steps to protect your wealth with the purchase of the real deal. Detachable 50-gram gold bars from Kettle Moraine Limited by calling 602-799-8214. Ask about our one-ounce Valcombi detachable bars, which break into one-tenth ounce bars. And don't forget, for all of your precious metal needs, whether buying or having the need to sell, call Kettle Moraine Limited. Remember, no dinar, no celery, and no carrots. If you buy from someone else... Tell them you want AU, not BS. Call Kettle Moraine LTD today at 602-799-8214. Kettle Moraine LTD, 602-799-8214. Are you one of the millions of people who feel like there is a dark cloud hanging over their heads whenever they're using pharmaceutical drugs? For some, the short-term relief can turn into an opioid addiction nightmare. Have you ever wondered why CBD oil is a billion-dollar industry? It's because it works better than opioids and is actually healthy for you. 
However, CBD oil is stripped of all other helpful compounds found in the hemp plant. According to neuroscientists, the whole hemp plant, otherwise known as hemp paste, is even more effective than the chemically processed CBD oil. Are you ready to take back your health? You can try hemp paste for the price of a cup of coffee. HempPaste.com slash RBN. Free shipping on orders over $50. See the banners for Hemp Paste at RepublicBroadcasting.org and visit HempPaste.com slash RBN. Beyond the official narrative on Republic Broadcasting Network. And uh, if you'd like to join the conversation, 512-248-8252. We have Ken in Texas with... uh, Yeah, I lost you. Are you still there? Oh, there you are. Okay, go ahead, sir. We're here. Can you hear us? Now I hear you. Thanks. Um, yeah, then you have the ultimate great equalizer in any warfare, um, and that's the weather. Oh. So big weather events, and, you know, it's uh, pretty easy for them to whip up a little weather these days. So that's, that's the direction I would go because, you know, they are supposedly have their all-weather aircraft now and tactical capabilities, so that would, I think, be the the big uh, red flag instead of false flag, but that's about all I got. I'll get back to listening. Thank you guys very much. Thanks for the call, Kit. <clears throat> okay, fellas, uh, Dave, you know, I think that uh, he's right about the, that they can whip things up there, weather-related, but, you know, that's a whole different topic, but it does seem like they are spraying all this stuff up there. I mean, the same people who are running this thing are spraying us like bugs every day here. That just that blows my mind that, that that's going on and more people aren't angry about it. I think, like you were saying, a lot of us have had enough that maybe, maybe uh, you know, that might be a spark that, that ignites something here because I don't think it's going to change until enough men get together in real life, and decide they're going to take action, no matter the consequences, no matter what. If they have something they love dearly that's more important to them than their lives, then they'll get together and take action when the time comes. And they are doing their best. People you know, do this, that. this may be a, an opportunity for us to build a bridge with uh, the, the political left, because there's a lot of lefties, the environmentalists and everything, and uh, the, the caller was right. There's a, you know, geoengineering is a thing. You know, the conspiracy theorists called them chemtrails a while back, but the government calls it geoengineering. And they are literally trying to change the temperature of this planet by spraying something. And we don't know. 
And just like COVID that uh, was horrible to doctors that tried to bring information forward, when you have decent people, good scientists and environmentalists out there, uh, foresters and things like that, people making observations, you know, these are all being squashed too. And when the government gets in and tinkers with anything in the environment, it has a ripple effect. And I'll share a quick, quick story with you guys. When I was in college, I got uh, pulled into, it was kind of a, a government uh, project, a little experiment. And what it was is I was in a huge room full of other environmental students and grad students and all with the computer station. And it was called Daisy World. And the task of each and every single one of us was we had a planet a lot like Earth that had a livable range, you know, between the freezing point and, you know, we had to keep our planet within a livable range using either white daisies or black daisies. And the only difference is the albedo, how much uh, light is reflected versus absorbed. And to make a very long story short, after days and days and days of trying, not one person was able to prevent their planet from either burning up or freezing over completely because there is no exact number of black and white daisies that would put your temperature within that point. And, that, and everything about nature is very organic. It moves all the time. And government rushes in every single time and puts a static boundary around something and says, this is what your habitat should look like, and this is where it is and where it is not. So almost everything the government does in relation to the environment usually winds up in greater impacts and is definitely not based in science, especially as global warming hysteria, pseudoscience, only a little bit of the truth mixed in with their agenda. Well, I think part of the problem is insider trading. They tried to outlaw that for Congress, and it lasted about six months, as I read. But, you know, they, they say, we're going to have all the federal cars, all the government's fleet's going to be electric by 2030. So up goes the stock in uh, all the battery companies and lithium companies and electric car companies, and they ride that bubble. And then when everybody realizes it ain't going to work, they're already jumped off the bubble before it pops. And I, so I think similar things with uh, uh, global warming. I thought it was absurd when I first heard that Canada could get a carbon credit for cutting down a forest. You know, it makes little sense until you realize that you know, we used to have mastodons and buffalo and all kinds of herd animals to keep a lot of uh, North America and the Arctic Circle was left in tundra. And brush and trees on an annual basis are 35 degrees warmer than grasslands. Grasslands shed heat quicker. So I think, uh, you know, we've seen all these massive fires in, in Russia and Canada from lightning. It's not all arson in the middle of nowhere, Siberia. You know, it can't be. So uh, there's the, a program. The program. And all it was just shocked me. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but did, did, I, I remember that happening. It was just like they, they were ready to go with that thing. I think they're yeah, using no. that as a weapon, too. I think that a lot of this is uh, the fires are not as, nat, you know. But but go ahead, sir. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I, I'm well, not it's sure. Not, that... It's not uh, arsonists on the ground. That's what I mean. It's not your rogue teenager thinking, hey, let's go set the woods on fire. I mean, maybe it is directed energy weapons. I don't know that. But uh, there's certainly enough uh, of that you know, vastness that it, 
that isn't, you know, people doing it. Now, in Northern California, some of that might have been done by Native Americans. They've been trained in their traditions and, and modern firefighting to go burn their land to reduce the fuel load. And they used to do that here in Kentucky. And uh, when I was a youngster, they would let all these, a lot of these fires burn. And it would be like that Johnny Cash song, Ring of Fire, you know, burn a ring of fire. You'd see rings of fire along the hillsides. But uh, after I started getting into mountain biking, I noticed uh, by the year 2000, as the fire policy changed and the environmentalists had sued over, you know, not, not logging a lot of this national forest, the chiggers and the ticks were just outrageous. I mean, you can't hardly go in the woods now. And it's because there's no fire to burn them out. As, anyway. Yeah, they want to make it their private little park, Mike. I mean, it's like the people that are up there buying around where Blackbird Nine lives, the Nature Conservancies. You know, they're, they're, yep. they're, it's just for them, you know, just it's, – it's disgusting what goes on. But I, I did know they changed that, that you have to – you know, go ahead, sir. I was going to say one of the big factors was uh, the U.N. Brundtland report in 1987 said that the International Monetary Fund would no longer be loaning money to even first world countries absent collateral, and that means land. So even our Republican friends, Hal Rogers and Mitch McConnell, were proposing to make vast swaths of eastern Kentucky wildlands for the rugged creeks and hillsides, and it's because... You know, they were trying to entice the local governments with tourism dollars because they've lost so many of their coal jobs. And I confronted Rand Paul about that in Vanceburg, Kentucky, on the campaign trail. I have it on video. on saying, how can you say there's a war on coal when the Powder River Basin in Wyoming for since 2010 has been pumping out four times more coal than the entire state of West Virginia, and we're importing coal? A Grove so, Runland partner up there in Canada, what the heck was uh, his name? Um, uh, at one point, he was, I believe, the largest private property owner o- over uh, the largest aquifer out there, out in the West. It was a huge aquifer to go through there, and it was his goal, and they got on to him, and now he's divested of that. But he was on his way to owning the land over that aquifer, and then turning around and controlling the tap and, and you know what happens to water prices and water access. So, yeah. Well, oh, that's nutty how Nestle gets away with whatever the, Nestle gets away with whatever they want to do. Yeah, they're selling so. thing off. Exactly that what was that goes back to that uh bank that was created in Colorado. I forgot the name of it, but it had to do Maurice Strong and all those people out of Canada. And that's that was a guy. Yeah, uh, a lot of what's going on out that west too. They want that land. To, they they've decided to sell that and put it in their pocket. Basically, these it's it's disgusting. I mean, they want to own our country and us. Okay, oh. uh, it's to, to the point. Uh, for a while, people were held as physical slaves, right? But now they were. We've been physical slaves for a while. They want to go back to that where you got the chip and you're literally, you know, tracked, tagged, tracked everywhere you go, and you can only get so much a month. And uh, and we're just, they're really creating this prison planet like that. That's that's what scares me. This central bank digital currency and all of this stuff they plan, smart cities, you know. Come on, people, we're going to put up with this? <laughs> I just don't know. I just, it could get blackpilling, man. We have, I, that's, 
that's why I agree with that thing John Rappaport wrote that's on the RBN news feed. If y'all are listening and hadn't read that, he's saying he's not going to completely dismiss this reaction. At least the, the governor's had enough to uh, get together and try to do something. We need to fan the, whatever spark that we can. It's, I think that, that was the way you put it, Dave. And I'm going to, you know. Until we do something different, things are going to remain the same, y'all. I saw it was the same with me until I said I'm going to change things the way I'm doing, and I did. And I, you know, I've gotten some good results. All of us can. We keep looking for these. You're talking about that savior, right? And that's running for whatever, for running for puppet. We're never going to change the puppeteer, y'all. You're going to have to look in the mirror and stop looking for a leader and become one. That's the only solution to this. Okay, that's well, just the only thing I see. They continue, to, uh, they continue to try to do appeasements for both sides, and that's what I was getting at with the, the guy that dropped off talking about the Idaho situation. The, the state legislatures will appease these different groups that come to them with some kind of a resolution, but they never implement it, or by policy it never gets enforced. And so by getting money out of the IMF, they can do more appeasements. You know, they can send more gravy to their home districts and uh, keep people, you know, fat, dumb, and happy with, uh, you know, little tokens of appreciation for keeping them in office. So, you know, the spending spree that is D.C. has to find money somewhere. And I'm what I see and other people saw back in the 90s was, it's the same process that happened to the Hebrews that got them enslaved in Egypt. You know, they they finally said, just take us as slaves so, so we won't starve. Yeah, and that's kind of, you know, I think they're at a point, though, where things are starting to change. Maybe my observations are a little premature, I don't know. But, you know, for a long time, they've been using that little government crumb trail to get people um, really pacified and, and content with mediocrity. To just get by, to just have enough, but it would be free. So as people got accustomed to taking these free government breadcrumbs and promised yeah. all kinds of uh, visions of grandeur, like they do in the black communities, they go in there, vote for me, we'll give you some free this and free that. If you keep voting Democrat, we're going to give you stuff. And, and you won't have to live like this. And, and it never changes. These people are still living in slums, but the black communities are seeing it. They're starting the way these politicians come back to secure their votes. They're saying, listen, you've been promising me for uh, 22 years and produce nothing. So that's starting to backfire. The breadcrumbs is a well-baited trap, and people have fallen for it. And, and it does, it gets you addicted to government. Um, but I think some people are starting to snap awake. I don't know. What do you guys think? I'm reminded of a famous story supposedly Stalin told about plucking all of the feathers off of some chicken, but he just gave him one little crumb at a time, and he kept following him around. That's, yeah, that just... <laughs> there was that's, also that's, a story about the, the hogs in Okie Swamp, of how a stranger showed up and captured all the wild hogs so he could get the land and sold the hogs. You know, he just kept going back to the store and buying feed and putting up fence posts until he had them, all the old pigs that you know, died off, didn't know any better. Like young pigs kept coming and getting the free corn. But Joe Rogan uh, uh, moved from California, and he, he says, you know, I used to be considered on the left, but, you know, those of us here now are wondering, where where is the left? They're so far gone. And you're right. I mean, there's a lot of people on the left that uh, 
can relate to a lot of what's going on now, and they find themselves abandoned by their own party. You mentioned the black people. They're seeing that they are no longer their darling, that this this new illegal flood that they want to bring in. All these people I saw marching up in the convoys or or hiking up. Surely they got some rides part of the way, too. They got on the buses and trains, but it looked horrifying to me. This Darien Gap Trail, it looked like that. Appalachian Trail with just, you know, gangsters all along the edge waiting to, to jump you. And what he did was, I yeah, can't imagine. These are urban uh, places where the black and brown people are, just because there's similarities in the melanin in their skin, uh, these are not the same people. They are not their friends. They're going to go in and they're going to, uh, uh, they're going to victimize those urban areas and black people here, Americans here, uh, just like they would anybody else. And if they haven't realized that already, that's an epiphany they're going to come to quickly because uh, as from what we're seeing, they are uh, predatory the moment they don't have everything that they want. And let's face it, up here in the Northeast, uh, winter is kind of sucks outside. So What's his name? The guy that... What was his name? They call him the Oracle of Omaha. He owns, you know, everybody wants to demonize George Soros, but the Oracle of Omaha took over Burlington Northern Railroad, and then they absorbed Santa Fe, so it's now BNSF. I saw about six months ago a a video that went on and on and on. I tried to estimate on the top of these tanker cars was at least 30 people. And so I lost count after about 300 and some people. The, the, the The train was hauling. All it would have to do is that, that one guy change the policy and say, I'm the chairman of the board. We're not going to stop these illegals riding on our trains. Yeah, the they MGOs would an army. Some flyers telling them how to do that. Giving them apps where to go, how to hop on trains, just like you described. The NGOs uh, who are contracted with the cartels who are contracted with the U.N., who we give the money to. Um, yeah, that's information they print out and hand out. I don't know why I can't remember his name, but yeah, him and some of his people that they would have some dirt on because they're spying on everybody, they just say, look, we want you to change your policy toward the trains. You leave these people alone and let them ride. And they would have to have an army anyway of 100 people or armed men to, to round, round these guys up and get them off the trains. I, and it's been 20-some years ago I, I was in another county and I was driving along on a country road, and I thought there was a dead horse laying by the road, and I got up next to it, pulled over, and it hadn't been brushed out or anything. And by the time I walked up to it, I noticed it was breathing. It jumped up and went, you know, and took off. And it was obviously not very care- well cared for, but behind every tree was a brown person, I would say about 40, that was running toward this trailer that had no utilities hooked up to it. And this was, I'm going to say, 25 years ago in a rural county, and I wouldn't have thought this cattle farm could afford to have that many illegals on their ranch, but that's what the guy I was going to visit said. Oh, yeah, yeah, they they keep a, a workforce. But we do have one more caller I want to get to right. uh, before the end of the show there. I, I, I That's... that's I've seen them handing out these flyers to tell people to do that too. In those films I saw, that, that they're complicit in these people falling off and dying. That just infuriates me too, on that level as well. But Francis in North Carolina, Francis, thank you very much for the call. Hi. Well, hey fellas, 
Um, you know, in line of the uh, comment I heard earlier about uh, breadcrumbs or crumbs of food or whatever that are being distributed to the people that keep them en- enthralled and trance and all that, I am a little bit disappointed that was all there was to it because I thought they were dangling a T-bone steak hanging off of a fishing pole just a couple inches from the people's noses to keep them following like a blind sheep. Or Actually, sheep don't eat those T-bone steak, excuse me, uh, a wolf. Uh, from going and snatching out or whatever have you. So I'm rather disappointed at that prospect, but hey, go figure. When it comes to politicians and trying to keep their uh, their their uh, crowd control in order, they, uh, I wouldn't put anything past them, but that's just me. Your thought? Uh, Dave? No, I, government <laughs> has used that classically as a means of control for a very long time. And mm. almost every uh, opportunity that we've had is is Americans to be independent. I mean, if you think about it, anything that we've had close to food independence, energy independence, has always been viciously fought by government. It's like our energy problems right now. It, it, almost every city and town has rivers running through it. We have the tech, turbine technology to where we could be pulling entire major segments of urban areas right off the grid and, and generate power locally. The only reason we don't do that is because of a federal organization known as FERC, so highly regulated that uh, you, you can't use it on a, a broad scale, or even individual homes would be doing it. If you had a stream in your house, or on your property, rather, you could be running your house. So it's about like control. A- I said earlier, there's natural gas everywhere, and I first heard about these peak turbines they've got hidden away uh, for zoning. You know, they'll put them out in the gray zones of warehouses and stuff, but I first heard about them up in Ohio. Whenever, you know, there's a lot of electricity usage, they're fed into the natural gas system, and they just power up a turbine to supplement the grid. They could do that everywhere because there's natural gas everywhere. Here in Kentucky, some people have it on their own property, and they just burn off the the gasoline that comes out of that natural gas. They call it wet natural gas. Remember when the uh, Greenpeace or some environmental organization out there was putting out these fear commercials, and it was showing people with a lighter lighting the, the water out of their faucet? Uh, this was not due to fracking. It was the people that were against fracking. That was yeah. because the gas literally oozes out of the ground and right. into their well water. Uh, a lot they, of what we were told is lies. They detected uh, shale oil and other hydrocarbons in Halley's Comet with gas mass spectrometry in 1986 when it flew by. So it's not just under the earth. It's not dead dinosaurs. The whole term fossil fuels is a psyop. The only thing that might be fossil fuels is coal. Mm. I don't know. Yeah. Well, the rest the of it is in it anyway. I've seen. I've seen. There's water fossils. that predates the sun oh. and the earth. <laughs> but I suppose it could be that the petroleum shot up through the sediment or something. I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm no geologist. But that is well, the Russians did an experiment. You can look it up. Iron oxide, marble, uh, calcium carbonate, I forget. It's several things under pressure, and they made precursors to petroleum under the theoretical pressures of the upper mantle. And so you have this whole theory of abiotic oil. You so, know, 
I, I think name. I heard back in the back in the late nineties is when I first read about that, and I do believe that makes a lot more sense than any that they wanted to call it fossil fuel so that they could exploit it for control and profit. I mean, you know, the usual suspects: oh, Rockefeller oil and all that. The Standard Oil. It just yeah. I, just the way that the, the diamonds are not as scarce as they try to make out. This oh, they can make them. The Air Force was making the Air Force was making diamonds the size of eggs in any collar you want in Florida, probably twenty years ago for the Directed Energy Weapons Program that Ronald Reagan claimed to have started. Star Wars. Now they were glo- they were growing uh, diamonds the size of eggs. So there's another market that's controlled. Oh, hey, Francis, thanks. Oh yeah, it, it, oh you were laughing about the diamonds. Did you not realize that they were a lot? They were not as rare as they were made out to be. Well, pretty much because it's reminded me of a film called Congo, and it was uh, regarding uh, some something called uh, King Solomon's Mine or whatever, uh, where they basically uh, took the, um, uh, the the primate uh, species and had bred them to do the digging or uh, harvesting of the supposed diamonds is actually when you think when you look at it it's actually just simply quartz and so uh, francis i'm sorry to cut you off we're have a good weekend take care let folks know uh when you're on uh next i'll be on sunday from uh 11 to 1 eastern 10 to noon central and uh redpillpolitics.tv's website and thanks a lot for having me on it was a great discussion today guys Thanks a lot for joining me, Dave. Thank you, Mike uh, in Kentucky. Appreciate your input, too, and uh, RBN. I love you all. Keep RBN going. Keep Mr. Stad Miller's neighborhood here. And thanks very much for letting me fill in. Richard Carey will be back Monday at Beyond the Official Narrative. I'll be back in the morning committing some thought crime at uh, 8 a.m. Central. And I was tonight on the Punch Bowl. I, I. I heard what Mr. Rapillon is going to talk about. Y'all don't miss that, too. Thanks again, y'all. Remember, a thought crime a day helps keep tyranny at bay. Y'all be good to each other. My name is John. I'm the founder of Blackout Coffee, and I started uh, Blackout because I really love coffee. I've always loved coffee, and after traveling so much to Europe, South America, and trying so many different coffees that were so good, and uh, every time I came back uh, to the U.S., I was so disappointed with the coffee, so I figured that I had to do something about it. The biggest difference is really is on the beans and the roasting process, how we roast it and how fresh it is. The fresher the roast, the better the quality. Here I have like all, all of the coffee. It's roasted within one to two days prior to being shipped. So it literally gets to consumers' house within three to five days after being roasted. If you like coffee, you have to try ours. It's fresh roasted. It's one of the best beans that we can get. And you will definitely see the difference. Visit blackoutcoffee.com and use the coupon code REPUB10. That's REPUB10. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth.